The Out of Time Podcast is brought to you by brothers whose relationship was forged together by watches. Each episode will be a conversation with people we find fascinating from all walks of life. Welcome to the episode. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, where are we right now? I think we can call this home. Yeah, absolutely. That's Definitely true. a comfortable mm-hmm. place. A uh, place that's very welcoming to us all. Mm-hmm. Good coffee, good food, good pastry. Yes. Check, check, check. Yeah. The owners are kind of cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we are in the Don Francisco's Cafe Casa Cubana. Casa Cubana. <laughs> today is a special day, actually. Yeah, two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary. I am aware that I may have added an Enya there just for effect. <laughs> uh, it's not the same without the Enya. No. Yeah. Chase is always good with that. <laughs> How many languages have you mastered so far? Mastered? Yeah. Probably zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Hilarious stuff, man. All right, so w- I figured we'd talk about um, kind of like a background about each other and uh, what got it all started for uh, each and one of us. Right, who wants to start first? Why don't you guys start first? Okay. Because you guys, out of the time, I mean, it is your caricature is on the logo. That's, that makes sense. That makes sense. Did he give us like a subtle hint like we should add a tiny little Kaufman? <laughs> no. No, no. Peeking out, Peeking from... out of the, the circle. <laughs> the problem, these, these visual effects are not going to come through the audience, which is really sad because it was funny. <laughs> I think people can visualize Kaufman peeking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a CMW21 would say pegging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shout yes. out to Manuel. Sa- shout out to Manuel. Out so, there in Arizona, I hope you're staying cool, although I doubt it. Yeah, I did, doubt it very highly. Um, but you know, what, what got me started in this was uh, actually a gift from my wife. Um, I collected Nixon watches for a number of years and oh. had tons of sizes and, uh, and colors. And, you know, there's a lot of variation in, amongst their line. Uh, the fact that they were based out of uh, Escondido or San Diego. Um, made it even cooler for me to be wearing a SoCal company um, and I bought several of them ranging from maybe 200 bucks up to maybe 550 right. I think was around the range that I would spend on each one of them and um, a birthday about maybe five years ago or so my wife bought me uh, the Nixon Elite which was their automatic line which a lot of people are unaware even exists um, and those are you know automatic movements and they say Swiss made on the dial mm-hmm. um, and I was that like a birthday gift yeah it was a birthday gift okay. yeah and when you turn like uh, 108 right yeah, yeah 108 <laughs> yeah it was uh, <laughs> eight past the centennial year <laughs> big big deal that's right um, but that watch I didn't grow up with watches as uh-huh. uh like a love for horology. Not like Kaufman, basically. Yeah, I, I grew up with you know watches being just simply a tool to keep time, uh-huh. mainly quartz, no nothing brand specific or anything that really sure. uh, pokes out in my mind um, or sticks out in my mind. But this particular watch had a 
24, 28, at a movement in it. And uh, not knowing anything about automatic watches, she, I would set it down, and after a couple of days it would stop. I thought the thing was broken. I, because I kept having to reset it. It was, yeah, yeah. you know, just my... What kind my, of piece of crap is this where it's yeah, always exactly. dying on me. Yeah, my ignorance was showing. And I mean, and that was just a short, you know, four or five years ago. Sure. Um, wow. But, you know, it's just being unaware. You took I mean, the Hyperloop in the Aurora five well, years ago. You really did. It's, yeah, well, what I, what I knew about watches being, um, you know, having energy driven right. by a wrist was Rolex. Symbiotic. Right. No, was Rolex, uh -huh. and and I had heard many years. Oh, those, so that's on your mind. Over those, there. yeah, yes. those watches don't have batteries. Right. But really, the uh, you know internally how it worked and you know how it was generating energy, you know the movement, none of that stuff really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't take an interest in it. Um, it just wasn't a, a market that I was even you know our field I was playing in, and so yeah, I had very little knowledge of it and something about this is one IG right um, no I, I think I got on IG in 2012 and if you scroll for personal reasons for personal reasons yeah, yeah. if you scroll back in my feed you'll notice uh, I posted a lot of, of Nixon's because I had a, you know, a plethora of them had a lot of Nixon's yeah at least a dozen yeah. Um, yeah and then after getting that watch and paying 200 to 550 or so this watch was 1200 and so considerably yeah. more and a lot of how they justified you know whether it be justifiable or not at that price point um, was the fact that it was an automatic movement and they put swiss made on the dial sure right and so that piqued my my curiosity how can they justify this price point being double what this watch would would cost normally just because right. they switched the movement in it so I started digging in, doing a little bit more research. So basically the part, you know, the funny thing is the part that you can't see is what was Got the most you. significant price yeah. impact on the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this actually had like a, you know, we're all familiar well, actually, with, you can see a little with bit exhibition right? case backs. In the win yeah, window. and it's so this window. had an exhibition case back, yeah. but it also had a cutout in the front in the for front. you to be able to see the movement. We'll put it on the Instagram timeline so they get to see the yeah. watch we're and, talking about and so that watch really did it for me so um all the you know dumb money that i've spent in in this hobby mm -hmm. um i can take no fault in that because it's really her that you know <laughs> pushed me into the curiosity we'll which blame, we'll drove blame, me into this obsession we'll blame the wifey, yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey you started it yeah basically this is so your fault i actually have a question uh, i i never have asked you this before we'll save it save it for the air Okay. Were you ever into the surf culture? Because as far as I know, that was actually the genesis of oh, Nixon. That's right. Yeah, it was. It was very much that, and that's why it's from Escondido, that's, that's right? right? That's right. It, it yeah. comes from the California surf culture, it's, specifically the San Diego, the, the far south California right, surf right. culture. It's, it's surf, it's, it's skate, the vibe, it's the whole vibe. snowboarding, yeah, yeah the, the mm -hmm. whole vibe. And, you know, growing up in Southern California all my life, I was you know, born and raised here, the, the, surf, the surf culture, the skate culture, the snowboarding culture has always been around you me. Do so have it's salt always in your blood. You mean being yeah, absolutely. It, it's always influenced me. Mm. Um, you know, to some to some degree, especially when I was younger. You know, those were. You know, I grew up in a in a beach city, um, so you know, going out to to the beach and then you know, skating with the friends and, and so forth. It was uh, definitely a part of the upbringing. 
So that may also have drawn me to the brand. I, I like, you know, shopping local too. Um, Absolutely. That's, you know, eventually in my, in my collecting, I own a Weiss. And the reason I bought it, I heard, oh, that's from Los Angeles. Right. It felt very close to home and mm -hmm. it felt like something, hey, this is somebody trying to do something cool that I should support. Get behind it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and get behind it. Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, there, there's there been a little bit of a resurgence in, I guess we can call it watchmaking in, in, on various levels in the U.S. Some of it is more watch assembly, and mo unfortunately most of it is watch assembly, but there is some true watchmaking going on here. Right. And with there, I think one of the relatively earlier ones, even though he didn't start with really making his own movements, but he was assembling, uh, was uh, RGM. Oh. oh, RGM. And that he's on the East Coast, right? That's Philadelphia right. or something? I think yeah. in, right, I think he's in Philadelphia. Or, yeah, or, or Pennsylvania he's in, somewhere. He's right. in, yeah, I think Pennsylvania, sorry. Not necessarily Philadelphia. Right, um, Pennsylvania somewhere. And you know, there's... It's, it's an interesting time because there are a lot of things... A lot of changes are happening. I think feel like we're getting a renewed interest and more access to independent watchmaking also because of the internet and the more more easily available information but uh that's another tangent for another time yeah. i was just i was just curious about because i i will be honest i don't i never associated josh with being a surfer although i now i'm going to kind of nickname him the sartorial surfer and i'm not going to take uh, ownership of, of being a surfer but definitely frequent uh boogie boarding <laughs> <laughs> trips at, at the beach which was only you know a couple miles from the, so the house i grew up in from nixon what was the next uh step in your uh, journey the next step in my journey was um i actually discovered um theon harris ah and the youtube yeah, they do. He has a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, he has a, his Instagram and you know, sub, you know, a couple other avenues that right. he tries to connect with his uh, his followers mm -hmm. or, or the watch community. Mm -hmm. And I came across them as one of the pages that I started following once I started to look more into these mechanical watches. And I bought a a Tissot, and it was a vintage Tissot, and. When it arrived, it was smaller in diameter than I was comfortable with because I wasn't used to wearing uh, a vintage watch uh, and a, a smaller watch, and it made me a little uncomfortable. And so I... Do you, know, do you remember the size, exact size of that? I think it was somewhere around 30 millimeters, it was in, okay. which now I would, I would wear it. So but, it was in the low 30s? Yeah. Because that's your jam now. Yeah, yeah, okay, totally, all right. totally. Okay. Because, you know, we... We change, right? right. Our, our taste change, evolved, our, our, our knowledge change. Yeah, so it's an evolution. at that time, it felt like it was too small, right? Yeah, that at was that the first time I had mm -hmm. dabbled into, you know, mechanical watches. It was mm -hmm. the first time I had dived into vintage watches. Sure. And looking at it, it looked beautiful. Right. But once it arrived and I put it on, I said, you know, this might be kind of small for me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I talked with, with Christian about some of my concerns. And uh, eventually, I shipped that watch back. And... I just had my eye on the store for a while, and then there was a, a Longines that, that popped up, huh. and it was you know a little larger. I, I believe that smiling. one is about That's 34 this. millimeters or uh -huh. so, and it had this you know step case, 
uh, you know, the bezel was gorgeous. It had this uh, patina on the dial. Right. And it was, I mean, I was just stricken by it. Do you so, remember the model by any chance? Um, no, not offhand. Okay. Uh, but probably from the, the 60s. Okay. Um, you know, gold filled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has that vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a beautiful, you know, vintage glow and tone, mm-hmm. and like hues about the dial. Um, and that, that step uh, case bezel, I mean, that just blew me away. Um, and that gave it some, some size. It, it gave it a, a wrist presence. And uh, yeah, it's been you know downhill since then. <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah, the, the rabbit. I mean, I guess the Nixon itself was the rabbit hole. Um, but well, my first bean. She vintage. gave you the bean to grow that beanstalk, and you just climbed it, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. She definitely planted the seed. Mm-hmm. But that was my very first purchase, and I believe that was 2016. I, and I'd, I'd have to go back in, in my feed and, and check, but I think that was about 2016. Mm. And so, yeah, that's pretty much the start of it. And, and then where we're at now. And I don't know how, how far we want to go into depth about that, but um, that was the beginning of my you know, horological journey. And so how about yours? Mine goes a little bit further back. And I mean, I'm going to kind of talk about a, a compact version because I don't want to, it can be all day. Right. But. I remember my mom telling me that as a kid, I stole my uncle's watch at a Christmas yeah, get-together. I, I remember we uh, posted about that on our, our Instagram, it was I, the swatch. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, and I, I, the thing is, the reason why I remember this is because I got my ass whooped. Right, right, right. So I will never forget that day. But according to my mom, I, I think he left it at the sink somewhere and I grabbed the watch and I, I hit it hoping no one would notice it and then then they started looking for it and then they asked me and I said I don't know where it is hoping to probably keep it I don't know but uh, that was the beginning of the end for me and I remember catching a beating for it of course uh, a well de- well deserving beating <laughs> <laughs> so your horological stor- story started actually with theft yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Follow, followed by a whooping. <laughs> All right. That and explains I, a lot. And I remember... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and after that whooping, I don't know how long uh, the in-between was, but I remember receiving a watch from my parents. It was a tiny little rope. It, it turns into this... It's like a tiny watch. It's square. And it detaches from the band, and it turns into this little robot. And, and that's app- kind of cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll search for it. I forgot the name, but it's still out there going for crazy money. Because I, I tried to actually oh, buy one. Was it one of the uh, like a transformer or, or was, some like no name unbranded no, robot? It was, it was like a Jap. I know it's a Japanese name, and it, it has a, a right on the torso is like an LCD screen, and you can see the time from there. Okay. And then oh. the hands and the legs fold into this little square, and then you kind of clip it on the band. And I remember receiving that, and my brother got one too. And it was just downhill from there for me. And then eventually, I got into Swatch, and then I thought Swatch was super awesome, like different designs, and it's like clear case back, and like the only thing that drove me nuts about Swatch, I've mentioned this before, was the band, because it has that four prong. You can only use their... Their stuff. Yes. Right. 
And so whenever I find a, a strap that I like, it's like you have to modify it. I was just a kid. I wasn't going to modify it and start cutting the, the slots on the band. Mm -hmm. I bought my first swatch, I think, just before I started college. And it was a swatch irony. Yes, yeah, um, still make them. I still make them. I had one too. Yeah, it was a Swatch Irony um, chronograph, obviously. And uh, so it was the quartz one. Yes, it is the quartz one. Why do you look at me like that? I because <laughs> one, one of one of my earlier one of my early early watches was also a Swatch Irony. Uh -huh. But it was I think it was called the Irony Body and Soul. I think is what it was called. And uh -huh. I remember the model number because it was so easy. It was a YAS100, and it was totally, there was no dial, clear case back. It was semi-skeletonized movement. I think I've seen that. And it had like a little, almost like a scale-type link bracelet. The problem is, they just aren't all that great, and eventually they just break and you can't fix them because Swatch right. seals the case. So that you can oh, fix that. That's another thing. You that know, me nuts. I, I love uh, my System 51, and I've purchased, I think, four of them at this point. But the non-serviceability aspect of them kind of drives me wild. Like it's yeah. a fun watch, super cool, um, a little noisy and clunky, which actually adds to some of the uh, the cool factor uh, because you know it's there. Right, right. <laughs> it will remind you it's there if you forget it's there. Um, but the non-serviceability and the fact that I'll just have to chuck it <laughs> one day, yeah, I know. Bother me. It, yeah. it it actually it's I think it's more of an emotional impact because they're not expensive, but right. I just have an expectation of being able to keep my watch as long as I like and not have it become trash. Yeah, most mechanical watches are, are serviceable by a, you know a decent watchmaker, mm -hmm. um, and then if you have a quartz watch, you're just talking about a battery replacement, but yeah, the fact that that is completely sealed up. So your mechanical was sealed, basically. Yes, but they're not basically, they are. That's interesting. Uh, they, I think they still are. They are. I, well, I know for sure my, my System 51s are sealed. Yeah. I mean, considering what you paid for it, though, I mean... I mean, it's a $150 watch, yeah. but it still sucks to build memories to and, and it, go yeah. down. Yeah, and then have to just junk so it. I suppose one day. you should buy three, then. I have four. There you go. <laughs> no. But I, I remember having a collection of swatch, and it came with that frosted translucent casing. Yes. Right. And I have it stacked in my drawer, and it's, it's just, that was the beginning for me of, like, collecting watches. And I would put them back on the case. And when you open my drawer, you can see them like just like stacked there, and you can kind of pick right away which one you want. And it, Swatch just makes amazing design-looking watches at the time where I want to say most watches are kind of okay, plain-looking. Yeah, blasé, and they yeah. make a lot of fun, funky, cool, and a lot of collabs since day yeah. one. Collaborations. Oh yeah, a ton of collaborations. Yeah, with uh, different artists and and so forth, and to bring forth something that is interesting yeah and I, I remember they they came up one with the BMW map where the factory was and now they're going for crazy money too I started looking into it and it's like there's no way I'm gonna pay for that much money but it's it's obviously it's hard to find it's, right but yeah that's another thing I have a, a problem with is paying extra for for something like um, 
when people start flipping watches, when yeah. they start getting scarce and they, they drive the cost well, up. Yeah. No matter how much I want that particular watch or item, you can't bring I can't justify it. I can't bring myself to actually putting the money down to, to purchase it. So, what you mean that paying is fifty thousand dollars for a two hundred dollars Submariner that has a bracelet <laughs> made out of old tin cans doesn't really fly with you? <laughs> Maybe if I was made of money, and then it wouldn't matter. But oh, know. and the crystal that's so hazy you can't see through it. Yeah, no, Maybe no. Like I, I, on a recycled old no. acrylic <laughs> glasses. Looks like an old submarine <laughs> window. Yeah, you, you can't really see it. You're afraid it's going to fall apart. Yeah. But no, it's it's an amazing, the story behind it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I work for a living, so. Uh. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of collecting, uh, and then after the swatch, you know, I, I dove into the, well, vintage Seiko to me at the time, right? And it was so cheap. It was so under the radar. It was like, eighty bucks for like a sixty-one thirty-nine or sixty-one thirty-eight, uh, and it was so cheap and it was so much fun for me. And then. I don't know. It felt like one day I woke up and it's like everything blew up. Like, well, blowing you know, blowing up is relative. So let's let's talk about that because you've said this to me many times sure. privately that you know, you, and I've heard this before. Vintage Seiko used to be fun because it was so cheap, and now it's so expensive. So here's the question I have to you, and I guess the the barometer I use for judging whether you know how much you have to have a comparative, and so. Saying that something is cheap or expensive, you can't just look at that same item because maybe it was just so ridiculously undervalued before. It's not expensive now, it just went up. So just, if you just talk about the price, the price of getting a watch serviced. And so how much is a Seiko? So a watch that's $80, to me, that means the watch is free because that's, that's like, you can spend $80 just on, on shipping a package. Like that's not that's not an amount that is that's like a rounding error on a watch, <laughs> right? So, um, and I think I know to, where you're going with this. All this to say, so let's just for the sake of argument, and these are pretty low figures. Let's say it's three hundred dollars to get a watch serviced. Mm -hmm. Okay. For so, like a regular no chrono, non chrono, you know, okay. three hand, three hand service. Okay. Three hundred dollars with a date, right? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Right. If, if we can accept that that is a fair price for service, which it definitely is, provided that it is done correctly, then how could it be that a watch that is equal to that in price, or maybe even double, let's say the watch costs twice as much as a service. That's, that's probably reasonable. If we think about like what, what do mechanical items cost relative sure. to their service? Right. Right. Let's say, you know, okay. That's not a lot of money. That's not like that hasn't blown up even if it's three times. So if you say a watch is nine hundred dollars and the service is three hundred dollars, that's not really well, to me that, that doesn't seem like a really expensive. Well, watch. you're talking about adding the cost of servicing, right? No, I'm just I'm just saying In using any using a, a a third using an external barometer mm -hmm. to determine what is expensive and what's not. Right now, obviously, we're not talking about thirty thousand, fifty thousand. Now that that is a lot of money, and then you, then it comes into play like, oh, these watches used to only be three thousand dollars. Why are they thirty thousand dollars now? Right. Well, there's a discussion. There's a serious discussion there. But if you're saying, well, a watch was a hundred dollars before, now it's five hundred. It's like, well, okay. So basically, what happened is 
people realized that there was some value as opposed to no value. Right. Well, I think also that, yes, maybe people are recognizing the value and then applying that appropriately to the watch, right? But there's also like when you discover, say, a, a band or music or whatever that you really like and they're undiscovered, like, you, and you want them to be successful because you love them, but then they blow up and now everyone has access to them. You know, some of the joy is taken away sometimes. <laughs> you hit it exactly on the head. I'm glad, I'm glad someone took the bait here. Boing. <laughs> so, so I had a similar experience actually. With, oh, we're talking about you now. I'm, no, I'm no, we're done, not talking right? about me. I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm just slipping this in there. <laughs> okay, like, all right, cool. I cool. understand you. Right. This is all. This is all to say I understand you, and I've had a similar oh, experience. Okay. Both sympathetic but, and but, empathetic. It, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but what I, I also wanted to actually touch on now, because oh, okay. this is this has come up. I've heard this from other people, other people other than you. Uh-huh. Vintage Seiko has blown up. I said no. I, I always say no. It hasn't. Yeah. The, the watches are still. A, you know, a thousand dollars or less. Like I've never, right. I'm, we're not talking well, about. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when, when I used to shop for vintage Seikos. I, whenever I buy used watches, I always assume back in the days, okay, mm-hmm. that it wasn't service. Of course. So the price point has to be given that it's not service. So Re- to reflective me, of the fact that you're gonna have to put three hundred dollars into correct. it. Correct. <laughs> right. So to me, 80, 90 bucks, hundred bucks is fair, because I need to add more money anyway to give, to give it that serviceability and that refresh so well I, I understand what you're saying but also then so what you're saying is that the watch really has no value there there isn't an intrinsic value like it's the, basically all of the value is contained in its be in it being serviced mm-hmm. and I think that well that I don't think that is necessarily the case mm-hmm. I think that they do have value I think you know it's hard to put an absolute number on it but if you say, well, what is a pretty well-made, you know, decent watch worth that, fun- that fun- functions? Right. right. And you'd say, well, if I would ask you, I'd say, is $1,000 too much for a, a well-made watch that, you know, it's not world-class, but really that is very good right. in, in everything that does it. It is definitely very good, at least. Right. I, th- I think we can all agree that's not an unreasonable amount of money. Agreed. Considering, yeah, no. Right. And so, all this to say, I think that blown up is, that term itself is blown up. Mm-hmm. Because it, we can't talk about them blowing up until, until they, the value, or the market value, really exceeds the intrinsic value. I think what we're seeing now is maybe a little bit of a beginning of a correction. Okay. So I'm, I'm gonna sit down in the copy room and think about my life and my as you should. We'll call that the summer corner. The summer corner. There's a special cone-shaped hat. That's right. As well. Yeah. I'll, I'll you, you, you pick it up upon entry. Yeah. <laughs> the, the nice, uh, the flickering light is a nice touch, by the way. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, no, but it makes sense. But I'm, I mean, that was like, what, 10 years ago, I want to say. And to me, it was like a great deal, right? Oh, of course. Um, Obviously, and, and it's funny because my journey also involves finding the right, the right watchmaker. And I've gone through a lot of watchmaker that broke oh, my yes. stuff. Yeah, scratched, scratched, broke, misaligned, everything. <laughs> I mean, I have proof and man, it's, it's a journey to find the right 
watchmaker. I mean, I have so many watches that has scratches everywhere. Broke. I'd say it's, it's hard to find a watchmaker because most of them are just breaking your watch. Yeah, it's a relationship, really. When you yeah. find that right watchmaker, and, and it's a relationship. They know your activity. They know how to set and fine-tune it to, like, just for you. Mm -hmm. So once you find that right one, I say stick with it. <laughs> Make sure you bring them donuts and coffee. And <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I concur. So... Uh, did you want to go any further down your uh, no, that's, your journey? No, it's it's still a journey, so it's it can go on forever. Let's switch over to uh, the CMK, Mr. Chase well, Miles Kaufman. I, I think, in all fairness, I'll keep it really short because, in in a lot of cases, if if somebody's listened to to on time, been, I don't want to just repeat myself, but I'll make just for the sake of introducing everyone. Give it an extra twist. Well, how about we say, if you haven't listened to On Time, shame on you. Go back and listen to the episode. Well, thank you. Well, well and, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Check out Chase, and you can hear more about his journey and the, the excellent things that they did on that show. Yeah. So my, my horological journey starts basically as far back as my memories go. My grandparents gave me a watch. I, I grew up around them. Uh, and we, all three of us, really grew up in a time where, at least when we were young, you wore a watch to know what time it was. Yes, correct. I can, know, I can tell you, I always wore a watch when I was in, in primary school because um, you know, time, if I was taking a test, I wanted to know, okay, you have 30 minutes. Well, okay, I either keep looking up at the, clo at the clock on the wall and hope that I'm facing it, or I just have a stopwatch on my wrist. Crying rap, sorry. <laughs> but... Um, I, I'm glad to have been invited here. You know, Summer and Josh, I think we're a, maybe a little inspired by On Time. Um, I hope that's not too self-congratulatory, but I, I think they a, were a lot of inspired. Absolutely, it, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I, I'm honored that they've invited me to be a recurring guest or possible co-host or whatever whatever my function is here I'm just in, I'm not asking too many questions I'm just enjoying myself you're that guy <laughs> behind the fence that's just always popping <laughs> Mr. Wilson Mr. Oh, Wilson oh yeah there we go I'll, I'll be Mr. I'll, Kaufman I'm gonna be <laughs> yeah. the, the Mr. Wilson of podcasts yeah. you're, you're also our fact checker whenever we say something yeah you know you mean, mean that Josh's Nixon was actually a 2824 and not a 2428 dude see what I mean yeah, exactly <laughs> it's always good to have a CMK in the show yeah yeah because if I don't go uncorrected I'll just fumble around a bunch of well, that's misnomers we, that's, and, and non-facts and that's <laughs> state them with confidence <laughs> I'm glad we have the hashtag Horolodex. Horolodex, I like that. Next to us. But it's always been inspirational, and we've always joke around forever. Dang it, did you just sit on that for this whole time? Just in yes. your pocket, just waiting? I just had, I just had it for, <laughs> there for it the is. right moment. <laughs> he didn't I, use it earlier. No, he no. could have. I, I could have like, dropped the hammer. I, I, I heard that, I'm going to file it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it went into the Horolodex, actually. <laughs> what, other, what other missteps <laughs> have I taken since we've been sitting here? Wow. He just sat on it, dude. Yeah, I know. Um, but I guess to give our audience a little bit of my journey, um, I've, I've loved watches and, and mechanical things. I also love cars and clocks. L lots of things. My, basically my entire life. And 
I saw being exposed to the industry from the maybe from the business side of the counter through my family, as well as a somebody who cares very much about it as a collector, I was both ripped off myself slash screwed many times right. continuously, mm -hmm. and then also seeing how that happens to people from the other side. Uh -huh. And I was very saddened by it, and I realized this is, you know, this is not a safe place, right. for, in, in a matter of speaking. And I've always said that I want this to be, I want this to be a safe place, I want it to be good, I want it to survive with some degree of integrity so that the next generation can enjoy it. You know, if, I, if my children, eventual children, eventually are interested that they have, they have a safe place to go to. And so all of my activity with, with relation to, to this industry has been with that a focus on, on righting a lot of wrongs, a bit of activism, and with a, with a true and sincere hope that, that the situation improves so that this can live on and you know, live long and prosper, so to speak, as, <laughs> an, as, as an industry. I love that. Um, that, that, that but not, phrasing sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 Sounds like it was taken from somewhere. I definitely uh, owe, owe that to, uh, to a bit of um, my potential Vulcan heritage. <laughs> That's I where that it. mind comes from. It's, it's definitely alien. I, I, knew, I knew it. This is just confirming that you I are not it. human. I knew it. I think I know where you left your spacecraft at the Fry's Burbank. You know, the, the best way to hide something is in plain sight. That's right. Yeah. It's like, oh crap, we just crashed. Just I'll, make I'll, it look like a prop. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just spark it at Fry's Electronics. Right, right. But no, we really do appreciate you always uh, guiding us and uh, just sharing your experience with us. And, uh, and it's just, we wouldn't be here without you, to be honest. And uh, I'm glad. Uh, That's the truth, yes. Yeah. Well, I've, I'm really glad to be here, and you know, I think on at some point people have told me just to, to bring this up. I've been told before that I'm mean by You're people, mean? but in this in this little circle, oh. and <laughs> and I don't, I I've, I can tell you, I never, I, I don't do things with malice. When you mean it's not normal when you shake a watch and put your ear and I open knew, the case back. I, I was hoping you'd bring it up because I knew you were thinking that. But for all the people whose watches I've shaken and, and, and scowls I've given, it's more because I'm disappointed that you've been ripped off and it shouldn't have happened to you. You know, I, uh, I, I'm pretty blunt, I, I think. I, you guys can attest to that. You guys are oh, my yeah. friends, so. You're <laughs> actually mean. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> you know he has some more Nixon facts that he's yeah, sitting yeah, I know. on. I'm the mean one, but he's the one yeah. holding on to these little daggers, yeah. <laughs> 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 twisting them in later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've, you've never come off as, as mean. Not to us, to anyway. me. But I think that it takes a certain person and, and personality to be able to absorb. Um, people and, and some and people just don't want to hear people's no they don't and, and i think that's it if you don't want to hear it you might think i'm mean but it's not that i mean it's just that i care yeah um, and that's how it's always felt to me i really uh, think we should get kleenex as our sponsor 
Yeah, we, sh- we, we should. Shout outs to Kleenex. This episode is brought to you by Kleenex. Brought to you by, by Kleenex. Yes. No, I mean, I, we know it's coming from a good place. Yeah. And, but I, some people just don't take it that way. Yeah, a genuine no, place. I've had, I've had watch dealers ask me you know, sure. if I have issues with them. Actually, multiple. Really? Multiple. Yeah, because I, I'm seeking to impose standards that might make things less easy for them. That's interesting. Because to me, you're like that Oris bear. Oh, what? dude, I love I the Oris bear. I want that mug, dude. Yeah, I want that just... mug bad, man. It, it reminds me of the, um, the Ralph Lauren bear. <laughs> oh, the Oris bear. It, yeah, it just, it just takes me to a good place. <laughs> it reminds me of that bear from London, uh, from that mall. Oh, um, pa- Paddington? Yes. Paddington bear. Yeah. Huh. Paddington bear. Yeah, I always I, see him in that mall in London, the first mall. I want the Oris bear on a polo. Uh, that will complete my life. That, you're done, right? After yeah. that, that's your journey. And I think we're uh, running to the lunch hour here. I think yeah. we're actually it's out of time work. because you'll yeah. soon not be able to hear us. It is yeah, bustling in here, which is great for business. You know, shout out to the Gavinia family, man. This is beautiful. Absolutely. To be here, you know, uh, recording this episode uh, right around the the, twi- the, the, the second, second anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary, guys. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Salute. Salute. at horology411 additional content can be found on instagram at the out of time podcast and you can also email us at the out of time podcast at gmail